السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to our session of Refinement of the Soul I apologize for the delay today We'll start with the Quran inshaAllah أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا بني إسرائيل اذكروا نعمتي التي أنعمت عليكم وأوفوا بعهدي وأوفوا بعهدي أوف بعهدكم وإياي فارهبون Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing the Bani Israel says in surah Baqarah ayat 40 O Bani Israel, remember my favor that I favored upon you and fulfill my pledge. I will then fulfill my pledge and it is me that you should fear. So in the previous verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed the general public the all of humanity uh, when we go back a few verses quite a few verses back when he says ya nas and you'll see in the quran throughout the quran allah ta'ala addresses general humanity throughout the quran when he says ya nas o people and you'll see that happen over and over and over again this shows that quran is not instruction simply for muslims and mu'min but rather quran is an instruction for all of mankind even those who disbelieve in the quran so the Qur'an came to govern the entire world, entire of humanity, all races, all types of people, all cultures, all languages. So it wasn't for any specific people. And so Allah Ta'ala addressed even when a person does not believe in the Qur'an, He addresses uh, that person as well. And then Allah Ta'ala in numerous verses, many verses, addresses those who do believe in the Qur'an, who do believe in Allah, when he says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu. And these are the general two addresses that you'll find in the Quran. Uh, it's either Ya ayyuhal nas, O people, or Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O those who believe. Here, when Allah addresses Bani Israel, He's addressing the Bani Israel generally in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, the Bani Israel is basically the word Israel refers to Yaqub alayhi salam. He had uh, these. He had the name of Yaqub also, and the title of Israel. And Israel is actually actually means Isra, Abd meaning servant, and Il is for Allah. So Israel actually referred to or translates as Abdullah. And it was referring to Yaqub alayhi salam. Bani means children of. So children of Yaqub alayhi salam. This refers back to Yaqub alayhi salam's 12 children from whence you had the 12 tribes and all the tribes of the Banu Israel uh, they descended from him. So they were called the Banu Israel, the children of Israel. In other words, the children of Yaqub alayhi salam. And 
<coughs> over and over in the, uh, again in the Quran, Allah Ta'ala will address the Bani Israel. And the reason why he addresses them is actually several reasons. But one of the reasons is that Allah Ta'ala had blessed the Bani Israel with many, many, many gifts. And so to remind them that they should, in lieu of those gifts that Allah has blessed them, be grateful to Allah by adhering to the commands. And the second reason Allah reminds or Allah mentions them in the Quran over and over again is for us to draw a lesson from their lives either positively or negatively as well. And to show us that, and just like in this very verse as well, to show us that these are the bounties I've granted them and I've granted you also, what would you do with them? What did they do and what would you do? Look what they did and look what happened to them. What would you do? The same would happen to you. As we say, we know, we say history repeats itself. So in the same manner, Allah Ta'ala is showing us a great nation, a great civilization that Allah bestowed his favors on. So in the same manner, Allah Ta'ala has bestowed many favors upon us. How will we take it? Will we abide by Allah's rules, laws, regulations according to the sunnah of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Or would we also renegade, disbelieve, apostate, or reject, or, you know, be hypocritical and be ungrateful. So, in the same manner, Allah Ta'ala in this verse says, O Bani Israel, children of um, Israel, remember my favor. So here Allah says my favor, but the Mufassiri mentioned that Allah Ta'ala favored many, 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 many things. Many things. He's favored them. He sent Thousands of Anbiya, some narrations mentioned 4,000 Anbiya salam, went to them. Similarly, he gave them the ultimate guideline, the guidebook, the Torah. Similarly, Allah Ta'ala saved them from the punishment and the tyranny of Fir'aun, the Pharaoh. And Allah Ta'ala gave them to t temporarily stay in Sham or Levant, the greater Syria. Similarly, Allah Ta'ala would feed them Man and Salwa, food from Jannah. And Allah Ta'ala gave them 12 springs for them to free, freely and easily eat and drink from. And so like that, many, many miracles Allah bestowed upon them. Many Anbiya salam Allah Ta'ala gave them as well. And we know for a fact that, uh, and it was simply in return for them to follow the Torah, for them to act upon the Torah, to, for them to abide by the rules and laws of the Torah. And for them to bring iman upon the anbiya that would come to them and follow them. And the promise here Allah Ta'ala says that I've given you all these favors and you should fulfill your promise now. And if you do, I will fulfill my promise. And that promise again is to follow, the, the as, as I've mentioned, to follow the Torah and to follow the Nabi that accompanies uh, your uh, time and era. And the promise Allah gave was that I would give you Sham, I would give you the greater Syria or Levant, and you would take, you would become rulers of that area, you would become kings. In other words, you would inherit that land. This was Allah's promise. And the fact and reality we know is that they did not fulfill their promise, so Allah did not fulfill His promise. Instead, they would go against the commands of Allah. They would uh, firstly... Uh, uh, disobey Allah Ta'ala in, in respect to the worship. They would not worship Allah properly. Secondly, in respect to people's rights, in respect to the laws that were uh, in regards to others, for example, they would take uh, 
they would they they would oppress people they would take uh rishwat or bribe bribe they would uh change laws and rules according to their whims and fancies and they went to the they would cheat people they would harm people they would kill steal murder uh, and and plot so many different different sins they committed besides disobeying allah and and anbiya that were sent to them and some of the greatest sins they committed was that they even killed some of their anbiya alayhi salam and finally they rejected rasul sallallahu alayhi salam so that was the final and the last straw so and 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 there was many many reasons we don't have time to go into those reasons but one of the reasons was because of uh the fact that allah bestowed so much uh so much upon them and they were favored more than others more than anyone else that's why allah uses them as an example that look i gave them so many favors i gave you so many favors how would you react so basically the biggest one was that the fact that they rejected rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam so one of the reasons allah lists here wa iyya farhabun and only it is me that you should fear one of the reasons for their rejection and the way they acted is because of their fear of how people would look upon them or how they would lose power or fame or authority or recognition amongst their masses their people their family their culture etc etc that's why they would resort to violence disobedience rejection uh, etc interpolation etc etc so allah ta'ala saying it is only me that you should fear it is only me me that you should worry about not no one else don't worry about anyone else when it comes to following the commands of allah so there are so many lessons we can take from this verse at so many lessons one of the lessons is that you know allah taala has bestowed many favors upon us as well and there's so many you can enumerate right and the second lesson is that allah in exchange for those bounties allah asks us also to fulfill our promise of obeying him and following his messenger the same manner that he did with them and he would give us the ultimate uh, inheritance of the jannah if we fulfill that promise and finally that in times of uh worshiping allah follow his command you'll get people that go against you speak against you you'll get people that go uh, that that oppose the way uh, oppose what you want to do or how how you want to do in other words following allah's command with the sunnah of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam sometimes you'll get your own family that speak against you sometimes it'll be your own family that'll say you know why would you keep the beard it'll be your own family that'll tell you take your hijab off it'll be your own family that'll tell you don't worry about being so pious is the heart that you know that's important so these are actually the waswasa or wasawis the whispers of shaitan in reality these are not real family members these are not the ones who are your well-wishers as a matter of fact these will be the very people though some of them may be blood in reality they are not family because allah taala says this in the quran when he speaks to noah alayhi salam when noah alayhi salam says Oh Allah you know you said you would save my family when his son was not saved Allah Taala told him he is not your son in other words your real family is the one who sticks to you or who is connected with you in terms of deen religion islam iman uh, the the ahkam of Allah then the sunnah of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam anyone that speaks against the deen or practicing the deen or implementing the deen this, this such a person is not is not your real family and such a person is detrimental to your life detrimental to your success in the dunya and in the akhirah detrimental to your connection with allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and you should definitely cut off ties with such people if the person is influencing you but if you are a good influence to them and you are able to get to them then you may keep that minimal connection with them 
otherwise, if they're influencing you negatively in your deen, then you should break off your ties with them. Anyway, may Allah give us the tawfiq to understand that the ayat in the Quran are, are, though they may seem like they are specific, they are very, very much intended towards every single one of us. May Allah give us tawfiq. Continuing on with our reading of the book, the next chapter is in regards to the blessings and favors of the barzakh. Barzakh is the state that we are in. After we die, we go to the grave. The grave and, the, and after the grave, this state is called the barzakh. This is another state that we'll pass through before going to Qiyamah, before going to the Akhirah, which is in Jannah or Jahannam. So the very first hadith, a very beautiful hadith, from Sa'id ibn Musayyib. I'm going to read the Arabic again for the blessings of the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. An Sa'id ibn Musayyib radiyallahu rahimahullah anna Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha qalat ya Rasulullah innaka munzu haddastani bi sawti munkarin wa nakir wa dhaqtihi al-qabra laysa yanfa'uni shay'i. قال عليه الصلاة والسلام يا عائشة إن صوت منكر ونكير في إسماع المؤمنين كالإثمد في العين وضغطه القبر على المؤمن كالأم الشفيقة يشكو إليها ابنها الصداع فتغمز, فتغمز رأسه غمزا رقيقا ولكن يا عائشة ويل للشاكين في الله كيف يضغطون في قبورهم كضغطة الصخرة على البيضة أخرجه البيهقي Ibn Munda. Imam Bayhaqi narrates and Ibn Munda, Ibn Munda narrate from Sa'id bin Musayib rahimahullah who narrates from Aisha, our mother Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. She, she's speaking to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa She says, Ya Rasulullah, ever since you told me about the voice of Munkar Nakir, and we know Munkar Nakir are the angels that will question someone in their grave. So ever since you told me about them and how the grave press, it's the person in the grave. Ever since you told me about that, nothing is helping me. In other words, nothing is consoling me. Nothing is comforting me. I'm so worried. That's when Nabi Wasallam responded in the most beautiful and humble manner. In a most, the most shafqat uh, tone that, Oh Aisha, the voice of Munkar and Nakir in the ears of the believers will be like the surma in the eyes. In, the, in other words, it'll be delightful. And the pressing in the grave for a mu'min, it'll be so comfortable like that of a compassionate mother to whom her child complains of a headache and she softly presses her head. So subhanAllah, for a believer, it'll be comforting, soothing. Then he says, but, yeah, but oh Aisha, woe to those, woe to those who doubt the existence of Allah. And complain about his commands. Because they, they will be pressed in their graves. Like the way a stone is put on an egg and pressed. Just like the way a stone is put on an egg and pressed. So, again, when a mu'min, a, a believer believes. And they follow, again, they believe in the deen. In other words, they have the proper aqidah. They learn the deen of Allah. Similarly, they act upon the deen of Allah. All the, uh, the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the best of their ability in accordance to the way of the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
It is very important that we learn the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Very, very important. We need to take out time to read the Sunan of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Do ta'lim at home, either of Behishti Zawar, where all the, in English, translated as the heavenly ornaments by Mawana Ashraf Ali Tanwi, or many other books that are out there that explains to us what the Sunan are, the different, different acts. And we have to start instilling them into our lives, implementing them into our families and our lives as well. And the only way to success is following the commands of Allah through the sunnah of our beloved Habib sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So we need now, Allah has given us time again. They say quarantine, we say in Quran time. In this time of isolation, and this isolation reality is a person who has trained himself and has done irtikaf before, has already isolated himself and connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the same manner, we need to isolate ourselves now also with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need to learn how to, when we are alone, be able to connect with Allah Ta'ala so we don't feel alone. Something to think about, brothers and sisters, is that if we are extremely sick or we become that in that state, we know that we'd be taken to the hospital and we'd be isolated as well. And if Allah, you know, has decreed it's time for us to go finally meet Him, then we will die alone as well. For those who... Are, have trained themselves to be isolated with Allah Ta'ala, for then there's no fear and there's no worry, there's no grief. They're not worried at all. They're actually happy because the last moments they get to, instead of wasting time with their families, talking to them and saying this and saying that and looking at this person and waiting for that person, they're actually spending with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, finally ready to meet Him. I'm not claiming that I, I can do such a thing, but we have to all try to train ourselves so that in our loneliness, in our isolated state with no one around, we are, we are able to connect with Allah Ta'ala. And again, that is by means of dhikr. We need to take out daily time to make dhikr with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Every day, take out 15-20 minutes. Now we have more time. Take out half an hour, one hour, whatever it is. And just speak to Allah Ta'ala. Make dhikr of La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. Similarly, make dhikr of Subhanallah, make dhikr of Alhamdulillah, make dhikr of Allahu Akbar, make dhikr of Astaghfirullah, and make dhikr of Durush Sharif Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When we learn to do that, we connect with Allah Ta'ala directly in our isolated state. So if Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala, may Allah protect us from a sad, lonely death, but if we are to, take, to go somewhere and we are to be all alone and we are to be left all alone, then we are not alone because we've trained ourselves and now we know how to connect with Allah directly in our isolated state. So how uh, blessed is that person who uh, when he is alone, he is directly connected to Allah and he has no fear, no grief, no worry and he enjoys himself in his alone time because he's connected with Allah Ta'ala. So, and, and then similarly, we should be able to read Quran also, take out time to read Quran before going to sleep, read the du'as in the morning, read our du'as and, and our wadaif, the different, different things. Uh, may Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to be able to connect with Allah Ta'ala, we're in an in a isolated state. So if Allah Ta'ala, you know, gives us that time when we are alone in the future, whenever it is, then we are never alone. When If we are to die alone, then in actual reality, we're not dying alone. We have thousands of angels there because they're making dhikr with us. We have Allah Ta'ala right there by our side because Allah Ta'ala says in a hadith al-Qudsi that when my servant remembers me, when he makes dhikr of me, I am with him. 
So if a person is to be alone, but is making dhikr of Allah, then Allah is with that person. The thousands of angels are with that person. He is not alone. So may Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, inshallah. Also, um, don't forget to read Surah Mulk in the evenings, Surah Yasin in the morning, Surah Waqiyah after Maghrib also. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.